This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to another edition of Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, and anything else we find entertaining. He's Jerry Armentrout. Hey. I'm Scott Barker. And today is the big 100. This is the centennial we didn't really get anything special planned for this one. We're drinking. This episode is brought to you by Liquid Death, sparkling yeah. water, yeah. Um, just because I brought bottles of, or cans of Liquid Death in. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, this is the 100 episode. Um, <laughs> we started this thing back in 2020, and it's been a blast, and we love all of our listeners. So thank you all very much. Yeah, we, appreci- we appreciate you. I mean, this was started just as a way to hang out during covid and it evolved to, to 100 episodes and most po- most podcasts don't make it past like 20 yeah so the fact that we're still doing this at 100 and again we don't have we we don't get very little money you know for this and it's not money that we keep we donate all of it as always and we're, and we're going to continue to do so and hopefully uh maybe soon we can start picking up a few more advertisers and stuff and we can start donating even more money Yep. And thank you all to the Rolling Rocks fam. Um, you know, last week we talked about we got our uh, our monetization taken away because Anchor moved over to uh, to Spotify for podcast. Thank you all very much for shifting over to Spotify and listening on there. Um, we've got you know, we've got a lot of uh, listens over the last couple weeks. Um, and we are slowly creeping towards our goal um, of 100 new uh, Spotify listeners. Um, in in a 60-day time period, and that's kind of the goal that we need to get to to get our monetization back and be able to contribute to um, our charities. So thank you guys very much. Again, if you're a new listener, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or you know Breaker or you know Podcast Addict, please, if you don't mind, switch over, listen on Spotify. That way we can get our monetization back. We'd really appreciate it. But we're we're, we're getting there. I think we'll hit the goal. Um, here in the next couple weeks and we'll get our uh, our monetization back but anything you guys can do um, to, to help us with that we would definitely appreciate it yep. um, but we've got uh, you know we've got a lot of good like I said the last 30 days we got a, a lot of new a lot of new listeners a lot of listens um, so we appreciate everybody uh, coming on and, and checking us out we uh, we wouldn't be here without y'all so we really appreciate it so Jerry, various and sundry. Let's pick up the Nate Diaz saga where we left off last week. I told you that dude looked like a Paul. Yeah, he does, and not only that, but uh, he is a MMA fighter. He's a YouTube guy like Paul. He's an MMA fighter. He's either thirteen and zero or fifteen and zero in MMA. He is not some Joe Smo on the street. He intentionally went after Nate Diaz. You watch the video, Nate Diaz stayed out of the out of the brawl in the street. He was on the sidewalk. This guy crosses from the other side and makes a beeline for Nate Diaz. And what happens? He gets choked out. And before people freak out and say, oh my God, he choked him out, I'd rather be choked unconscious the than knocked, knocked unconscious. Yeah. If you get choked, especially if it's a blood choke, which is what he applied, he basically applied what's known as a strong arm choke or a 10-finger guillotine. You go to sleep, and then you wake right back up. There's no damage done. Not, it's not like the movies where you die. It takes about six to 10 minutes to choke someone to death with a blood choke. You have to apply pressure for like six minutes or more to kill them. Yep. 
Brain damage sets in somewhere around three, but just no, cerebral it's, death it's is blood. Blood choke. It's still it's still a little bit more. It's you know you can go out from a blood choke and be oh, out yeah. for a while but yeah. without any repercussions. When people when if you watch fights and you see people get choked out and when they pop back up they're twitching, it's because they're dreaming. They put them in REM sleep. Basically, yeah. you go into deep REM sleep. So you're waking up, not sure where you are because you were in basically you're taking a magic carpet ride. Uh, but that guy, I think, intentionally tried to get a sucker punch with Nate Diaz for video so then he could brag like he's a badass. And the problem is he rolled up on the wrong one. Yeah. He didn't kick him. He also didn't just drop him. He kind of lays him down. He goes pretty gently. Yeah, yeah, Diaz actually, actually squats down and lays him down. He could have dropped him from standing. He could have kicked him. He could have stomped him. He didn't. Now, isn't the guy also a Jake Paul impersonator? Because that was—I saw that in, in on the interwebs that so he was a Jake Paul. That he um, runs around and acts like he's imitator. Jake Paul, yeah. But he's he's doing the same idea as Jake Paul. YouTube, he he looks a little bit like him, and now he's you know one, he's a wannabe fighter. And this all started because there was an altercation at a fight, which the promotion is called Circus Freak, and it was a YouTuber. YouTubers fighting other people, and he apparently they said Diaz threw a water bottle at like the main event guy, this YouTube rapper guy. Apparently, the guy, I think the guy talked shit, think because he won a freaking. He was, he was yelling some very, he was yelling some shit at the guys who were in the cage. I think yeah. he was calling one of them a pussy and yeah. a bunch of, and and he was right behind Diaz, and yeah. Diaz turned around basically said, "Hey, dude, yeah, sh- shut up," and, and slung a water, water bottle, bottle at him. and then they, you know. YouTuber came at, at Nate, and of course Nate's like, yeah, <laughs> here, yeah. there, anywhere. I don't yeah. care. So it's 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 what it is. Um, amazingly, Mike Perry talked was asked about it by Chelsea, and actually, Mike Perry had the for him he had the, a great thought on it. He's like, it's these these people think they want to make a name for themselves by fighting somebody. They want to show off, and they roll up on the wrong ones. He's like, you know, it's hard being a fighter because everybody wants to test themselves. And he's like, I've made mistakes, too. I've let people get in my face and talk, sh- and then I hit them. He's like, Diaz did it perfectly. Instead of striking him, he just choked him. But at the end of the day, don't roll up on people looking to fight. You always see these guys, especially younger men, thinking that they can improve, prove something to their girl, their homies on video. Oh, look what I did. And then... You get hurt. And this kid called the cops. He mm. runs up on DS, pick, trying to pick a fight, gets beat, and then he calls the cops and wants to press charges. Yeah. It's like, it, dude, you started the fight. And you can see in the, in the full video, yeah. you can see Nate back away, yeah. try to get away from him. When the guy continues to come in, he establishes hand yeah. control, right? He actually grabs yeah. his wrist and tries to control his hands. And when the dude continues to come in, he let in with yeah. his hand, with his head, and it was ten finger guillotine, you know, from there on out. I'm, you know, it's it's not hard to see, you know, really who who instigated that situation. And it's not smart to instigate a situation against, you know, I don't care if you're, you know, an amateur MMA guy, you know, thirty and whatever, Nate Diaz and professionals, you, you why do it in the street, man? Yeah, right. Because people because people don't know. Fighting in the street is stupid. If you if you fall wrong, you could die. If you punch somebody and they fall and hit their head and they die, die, you're going to prison. 
there's no yeah. fighting is not fighting in the street is not good. And nowadays, everybody wants to go grab a gun. So yeah, just if you can walk away, walk away. Diaz tried. The guy escalated and came to him. He finished him, and then he walked away. He didn't stomp him. He didn't kick him. He just left the scene. Yep. So avoid it at all costs, avoid it and all then costs. do what you got to do. Yep. So you see, KSI volunteered to back up uh, to be the backup fighter yeah. for the Jake Paul Nate fight. I also saw Nate's response. I was like, "Why don't you two little punks fight, and I'll fight someone for real?" <laughs> yep. Diaz, Diaz is—he's already gone to court. He's facing a second-degree assault, but the videos are probably going to show that it was self-defense. Pretty much every lawyer out there is like, "This is pretty much open and shut self-defense." Uh, the only issue I can really see is that it's New Orleans. Yeah. And they've got some pretty nutty, I don't say nutty rules, but they're, you know, their yeah, judges can. But it's going to be, it's going to be hard for on them. street violence, yeah. they're a little, you know, yeah. a little different. So we'll have to see how that turns out. But, I mean, he turned himself in, you know, he, he voluntarily turned himself in. Yep. Cops didn't have to come get him. Yep. So. He showed up at 7 o'clock in the morning to handle it. He, you know, his lawyer called him and said, hey, uh, this is what we're going to do. And they, that's what they did. I mean. Yep. So um, did you see Chael's interview with um, the 1FC chairman, Chatri? Um, I heard parts of last it. Week? I heard parts of it. There, there was some interesting stuff that came up. And one little tidbit, I don't know if too many folks caught it, but he was talking about uh, – Francis Ngannou was the the topic of of conversation, yeah. or one of the topics of conversation. And uh, you know, Chatri said, you know, we sh- he he kind of dropped it that you know they've got some they've got an offer into Francis. Yep. They're meeting him. Uh, they met with him yesterday. Yep, and uh, you know that was going to be their last best yep. um, at that point. And he dropped a little hint that you know, hey, you should be hearing something from from Francis here pretty soon. Now, whether that means. He's going to one, or he's decided on something something else. It will we'll have to see. But Chatri was saying that it could be boxing, yep. could be MMA, could be anything. We don't know. Could be grappling. Um, but he did drop one little one little hint, or not a hint, but one little statement that I thought was very interesting. He brought up Buchecha, and that Buchecha is fighting heavyweight yep. MMA in one. And he actually said there could be a matchup if it's, if Francis comes and does MMA at one, that there could be a matchup between Buchecha and Francis. Problem, and that is an interesting concept. The problem is there's really no one who wants to fight Francis in boxing anymore. It was kind of more of a Tyson Fury tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. He really, I don't think Tyson Fury is a big enough draw anymore. He's not the UFC champion anymore. No one's really going to pay a hundred bucks to watch him fight a, a legit boxer. I mean, yeah, it's not going to happen. Well, not, and Tyson Fury is not going to fight him because he's got he's fighting. He he's trying to get a fight. Either he's going to fight James Joyce or he's going to fight Us. Us is either fighting Fury or Dubois, one or the other, and they've got to figure that out real quick. Wilder and Joshua are probably going to fight each other. Ruiz might actually fight Tyson Fury. I saw that. And then you got uh, Zeng Wei, who just won, uh, who beat James Joyce. So it could be Zeng who fights. So you've got 
they ain't got time to mess with, with, with Francis and Gunn anymore. There's too much going on in heavyweights for any of the top contenders to be worried about fighting a one-off. Yeah. Because if they go do something like that, they're going to get passed over, and then they're going to have to wait even longer to get a title shot. Well, we haven't seen we haven't seen anything from Francis yeah. since his last yeah. fight with Cyril Gunn. Yeah. Right. We don't know what he's working on. I haven't seen any tape. Yeah. I haven't seen anything show up on the interwebs. Right. So we don't know. Is he working on his boxing? We know he's got a knee issue. Right. That hopefully has been fixed. So we don't really know what he's doing. Also, right? at the end of the day, Dana White put it out there that he he they can they are done with him because he just will not negotiate. Yeah, the door's shut on him so coming back. So how many boxers are going to be like, man, if this guy can't negotiate with Dana White, who is willing to give him apparently a lot of money, because even his rep was surprised that Ngannou turned down the money, that it was a shitload of money. Yeah. For the, for the, for the UFC, it was a huge contract, like thinking tens of millions over the next couple of years and our possible earnings. It's what, boxing, what boxer is going to be like, man, I don't do this, dude. He's going to want half. He ain't worth half. Yeah. Well, and, and Ganu, from a boxing standpoint, right, I think he's a one-trick pony. Yeah. Right? He's got that atomic hand. Yep. But what else has he got? And that's that comes back to we haven't seen what he's working yeah. on, right? Has he been working on his boxing and becoming a more technical striker who would yeah. have a better shot against a Tyson Fury or Andy Ruiz or yeah. right, whoever? We don't know. The argument that we've had, that I've had, that Chael's had, since the 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 Cyril Gone fights is, he has got an awesome story yeah. and he sucks at telling it. Yep. And so, nobody knows what's going on with that dude. And no matter where he goes, it's a step down. Mm-hmm. If he goes to one, he's gonna be he'll he'll be fighting mainly in Singapore, and he'll be forgotten about. It'll be decent money. Out of the group, out of uh, PFL, Bellator, and one, one can probably pay him the most. And one has a variety of things that they do. So he could do MMA, he could do boxing. Do mixed rules. I yeah. mean, it could be the thing that they did with... Uh... And possibly if he goes there and gets... I mean, he could fight somebody over over there. He could fight... There's boxers over there. There's kickboxers over there. I mean, he could make good money. And I mean, they're... they're those stadiums fill up. So someone like him would become a big, and he'd probably get a lot of sponsorships and make a lot of money outside of the cage. Yes. In one. But by messing up with the UFC, he's not going to be as popular as he was. And now with John Jones back, and once John Jones and Stipe fight, you're, they're going to forget. I mean, people are already forgetting about Ngannou. So did you? So speaking of of our good buddy John Jones, did you hear him last week say that that might be his last fight? He also said someone said, "Man, come on, you just got back, you can't quit." And he's like, "All right, I won't." So he 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 said he might, but I think it depends on how the fight goes. If he steamrolls Stipe, I think he sticks around. Yeah, but if it's a harder fight and it goes the distance or it goes a lot longer, he might not. Yeah, but we come back to the thing with um, Jorge Jorge Masvidal, yeah. right? You either got to have both feet yeah. in or both feet out. But he's out. retired and come back. You know, he's been gone, come back, come yeah. out. With him, it's really – I think John's a little different. Now, Mighty Mouse said really? this probably be his, his last fight in May. Because he said, dude, he's like, I can still think. I'm making a lot of money. I'm in my 30s. I have kids. I have a wife. 
doing these training camps, being away from all the time. He's like, I'm at a point where I'm, I, I have more than enough money. I can make money outside of fighting, and this might be it for me. I mean, and I understand. He's had a lot of fights. And then he's like 36. Yeah. He's and he, I think he wants to go out on top. I don't think he wants to go out, in, you know, 38, 39, get knocked out every fight. Yeah. And, I mean, he's got little ones. He's got, you know, he does, you know, and I understand, dude. He, he makes money with his mind, too, now. He's doing shows, he's, and he's doing stuff, and he's, he's investing money. Yeah. He's making money talking. He's, he's, he's investing his money. He's smart. They don't live in a multimillion-dollar mansion. I mean, he didn't blow – they're not blowing money. Yeah, he didn't – I mean – Yeah, he didn't go out and go the Conor McGregor route and buy a Lamborghini yacht. Yeah. Well, you know? but Conor McGregor also made – he was a you know top five again in, in athletic. Yes, he, income. Yes, there, there, there is a there is a difference in the income yeah. level there, but still. He, yeah, Mighty Mouse is a smart kid or a smart guy. When so. Tom McGregor, whoop, unless something changes, we're not seeing a fight. He still has not entered the pool. Nope. And the UFC cannot let him bypass it because if they let him bypass it, nobody else is going to. Yeah, going to play. I mean. Well, would you? Yeah, I mean, no, because it's like, why do I have to behave myself? Was, but he can do whatever he wants. Everybody was pissed off yeah. enough when they gave when they gave Lesnar the, the yeah. I mean, they the, got a lawsuit. ticket. Yeah, Hunt sued him. Hunt sued him. Yeah. So I mean, that's not you know that's not great. Um, so I mean, yeah, we're I don't know about about Connor. Connor's yeah. going to be at the Cage Warriors show this weekend. Yeah, because one of his guys is fighting. I think one of his gyms. Yeah. So. But I, I mean. Unless he's in there, he, it's possible he's in there, USADA, and he's just talking shit just because that's him. And then in six, and then when time for the fight, he's like, dude, he's been in it since then. You know, because again, it's technically private. So USADA might not be able to, you know, once he enters it, maybe they're like, dude, you can't, you know, UFC might have told USADA to quit talking. Well, yeah. You know. I think that's probably the case because when they were releasing, because part, yeah. you know, part of the deal with, um, TJ, right? They were yeah. always releasing the preliminaries yeah. before they did the Series yeah. B, and they kind of got themselves in trouble a couple yeah. of times because they had some false positives yeah. or some false negatives that then followed up with a positive yeah. on the B sample. So Usada got quiet there for a little while, yeah. and I think that's I think that's fair, yeah, right? Because it should be the, the results should go to the UFC, and the UFC should decide yeah. how and when. Don't leave the media, right? I mean, this is like this would be like your doctor, your doctor coming out and being, you know, releasing your preliminary medical records, right? Coming out I mean, to the waiting room. Yeah, I mean, how is yeah. it? It's saying to everybody. Yeah. By the way, yeah, Jared has, you they know, once, whatever. yeah, I once got. I remember they once told told me that I that I tested po- positive or something serious. Then paused and said, "Yeah, but it was a false positive because your second and third test showed negative." I was like, "Then why the hell did you even tell me?" <laughs> Right? Don't tell me to do a dramatic pause. This ain't a TV show, man. This ain't, this ain't Grey's Anatomy. Well, the test says that you have cancer, but it's not. It, yeah. That's not cool. It was worse than that. Oh, yeah. I think I remember this. And I was like, what the hell? But uh, you're okay. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Thanks. Dude, I'll stab you. <laughs> was was that a stress test? Or are you trying to see yeah. how my, my, my see blood my pressure is? my out of here or <laughs> Right? Boop. But, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, honestly, that they're allowed to do that just because of yeah. all the HIPAA and PIPA laws, right? It, it seems but like you, a But breach. USADA is different. USADA serves at the leisure of the UFC. 
Yeah, but there's, it, there should still, still be rules. It's still like a quasi-medical yeah. service. But how many people, but how many times people release someone's medical records? And, you know, fair, you find yeah, out. fair. Some, someone releases it. I mean, right nowadays, privacy laws ain't what they used to be. No, no. Absolutely not. Somebody's willing to sell your, your personal st- stuff for, a, you know, for financial gain. It's right. not, yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we move on to the to the fights, I just want to give a shout out to BJJ Twitter, um, all of our friends on there, Matt, Smashy Armadillo, Becky, and Joe. We got a lot of new uh, members in BJJ Twitter. Um, the the, uh, the conversations this week have been hilarious. Mm-hmm. So just thank you guys very much. We appreciate everybody um, inter- you know interacting on on Twitter in a positive non dumpster fire yeah uh basis so we uh, we appreciate everybody um hanging out on the twitters so you got anything else in various and sundry jerry no that's all i got all right cool we will hear from special guest matt warner and his new novel mage tech duet and we will be right back when i started work as a hitman for the psychic underworld i was cool with it the world needed washing of that special stain of filth known as other people, and I was the cleaner. Know what I'm saying? And I'm good at my job. Man with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and reverse-engineered alien tech. I'm the meanest mother you ever met. So when my boss told me to cap that recording artist, Eva, I had no problem with that. Send her to hell with my black hole shotgun if that's what it takes. But then I started having feelings for her. Damn. And then I met her six-year-old boy. And I ain't capping a kid. So it's gonna be me, Samuel Coventry, against the whole mafia. I hear they got fancy crap like tactical time travel devices. Well, so be it. Capping a chump is gravy. Capping a poser? That's gravy on rice. You wanna hear more? I'm telling my whole story to author Matthew Warner in a book called Mage Tech Duet. It's available only on Amazon Kindle. More information at MatthewWarner.com. And we're back. All right, so Jerry, we had some fights last week, and we yep. got some fights tonight. Um, I'd say underwhelming all the way around, but it, you know, we, we, we got we got we got some stuff we got to deal with in the lower rungs of the weight weight yeah. classes. So well, I mean, the main event went the way I thought it would. The announcers and a lot of commentators were leaning more that Curtis Blades was gonna, you know, he was gonna win and Pavlovich went in as the underdog, but it happened like I thought. I I, I was like, this is gonna be a first round knockout by Pavlovich. It's just going to happen because Blades spent too much time the last couple weeks talking about his hands. Dude, you're a wrestler. Wrestle. I know your hands are you're getting better, but you're going to and that's like he's going to make the same mistake all these other people did. Fall in love with their hands. They, and... you know, grapp, grapplers first who are elite grapplers get a, get a knockout and all of a sudden they think they can box. And they're going to go in, and they're not going to do what they need to do. And that's what he did. He exchanged with Pavlich. He had one lazy shot that did, did looked horrible, and then he got knocked out. It's like he, he should have closed the distance and took him down because Pavlich gets taken down a decent amount. So, yeah, I, I saw that one coming. 
Yeah, you know, and the funny thing is, we there's a lot of a lot of times like the grappler or the wrestler, they, they get the Damian Maya syndrome, right? Which is they fall in love with their hands, they think they're a boxer, right? And they get just stuffed, right? There's one guy, there's only one guy I've ever seen who's the opposite of that. And it's um Where'd it go? Um uh, danger most uh, uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah. Justin Gaethje is the only guy who is an elite level wrestler who has never wrestled in any of his matches, really. And everybody's like, we really want to see what happens when he wrestles. And he just goes out there and starches dudes. Yeah. Like, he's he's the exception to the rule, right? Yeah. But everybody, yeah, Blades. Chandler a little bit. Chandler wants to bang, too. Yeah. He's a yeah. high-level wrestler. Yeah, yeah. But I've never heard anybody say, I really want to see Chandler wrestle. No. Right, everybody. Because he does, do, he does do some. He does some grappling. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he he he'll get in there and do some. But it was a lot of that with Gaethje's because he's taking a lot of damage. Yes. And now these last couple fights, he's he's learned to move his head a little bit learned, more, and he's learning to move and faint more, so he doesn't take as much damage. Yeah. He's not going straight in and just trying to overwhelm somebody. But every fight, every every one yeah. of Chandler's fights, the discussion is, I wonder if he'll wrestle. Yeah. That's like the discussion before every Gaethje fight. Yeah. I wonder if this is the guy. This is the guy who's going to bring out his wrestling. This is the opponent that's going to bring yeah. out his wrestling. He's going to have to wrestle this. Guy. He's going to have to wrestle this guy, and it it, it never turns yeah. out that way. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's funny though. Uh, let's see. Undercard. What we had: Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva. Bruno, round one knockout. Yeah. What happened in the Bobby Green Jared Gordon fight? It was ruled a no contest. Okay. Four minutes in. So, uh, it was fair. Very, very good call. Uh, they were exchanging. Uh, Bobby Green was getting a little frustrated because he wasn't having his way. And he dives in and headbutts and gets a knockout with a headbutt. Oh. And at first they call it a TKO because, you know, he moved forward. Dude went down, he throws a couple strikes on the ground, they call it off, fight's over. Then, I guess either the commission or someone else said, no, 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 he headbutted him. So they ruled it accidental clash of heads, no contest, because it resulted in a knockout. Okay. I watched, I watched it a couple more times in slow motion, I don't think it was accidental. Because like, oh, he was leading in with that jab. The jab was over here, and his head was before his punch. Uh, I think Bobby Green threw a headbutt, landed hmm. it, and then finished it. Because it literally, he, the way he throws his head, their heads don't collide. Bobby Green's head leads in and collides. Hmm. And collide, catches him right in the temple. Wow. And Gordon goes down. And they ruled it a no contest. Now, Bobby Green's running his mouth. He talked. He even talked trash about Felder. And Felder's like, all right, big boy, whenever you're ready. Look forward to seeing you. Because Green said he was going to uh, deal with Felder, Felder next time he sees him. And Felder's like, looking forward to him. Man. I saw that. I saw Anytime that. Anytime you want, big boy. It's like, Felder's not you – don't, you don't bully Felder and you don't bully DC. And you don't – I mean, you really don't bully Bisbee. I mean – these guys, they're not like 80 years old, you know. 
Yeah, to, to, to mistake the commentating yeah. crew yeah. as... This ain't you know, John Attic. No. Yeah, you're it's, not it, bullying John Attic. It's not John Attic. They're not keyboard yeah. warriors. Yeah. They're not guys on Twitter. I mean, they're all And you're mad because you're shit. calling the fight as they see it. So you're mad. And then Bobby Green threw a big fit because he didn't get his win bonus. He's like, you didn't win. Why would you get a win bonus yeah, he for was a no like, contest? Well, that's, that's not fair. You did not win. You're lucky it's not a DQ and you lose all your money and it goes to your opponent. Because right. if you, they would have DQ'd him for it, He'd they, could have, yeah, they yeah. would have penalized him. They were polite and called it incidental. Yeah, which is good for him. Cause. Yeah. But he's he's come out with this whole, I'm changing my name to King because I'm the king. You know, I'm going to have my name legally changed. This is going to be an easy fight. Jerry, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he Gordon was moving in on him. And Bobby Green wasn't really doing as much as he thought he was. And then, like I said, he, it, like he, lead, he leads with his head. I'm sorry, he didn't lead with a jab. He throws his head forward. And he catches him in, in the temple with the top of his head and knocks him out. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, you know, and Green's got a salty record, right? He's yeah. 29 and 14, and yeah. you know, it's and Jared Gordon was you know 19 and six. They both have you know, they both have uh, won no contest now. But you know, CompuBox or or at least the strike the fight stats are all pretty. Yeah. You know, they're they're all pretty equal. Yeah. Um. So, King, yeah, King Green, whatever. Um. Yasmin Lucindo versus Brogan Walker, three round uh, that, decision. That was. That was all. Brogan Walker just did not. She did not show for that fight. She looked overwhelmed. She survived, but she was getting. She got beat up pretty badly. It was a pretty one-sided fight. Jeremiah Wells versus Matthew uh, Smell Smellsberger. I actually thought Smellsberger. He almost he. That was the weirdest fight. First round, he almost got Wells out of there. He had Wells rocked. And he just couldn't finish him. And then the second round, same thing. If the first round ended, you know, kind of, you know, Wells recovering. The second round, Smellsberg come out, knocked him down, and then Wells wrestled. So the, the, the round would start with Smellsberg landing strikes and getting a knockdown, and then Wells would take him down and just control him. And then the third round, Smellsberg got a knockdown, and then Wells took him down and wrestled him. So it was... A decision and it was you know one of those fights was like does the knockdown count more than all that control time and the the judges decided that yeah that even though he had knocked him down it was still the control time by wells was more important gotcha so then we had the uh, song yadong versus ricky simone which is leading into tonight's fight that one got canceled yeah so it's tonight's main event yep so that's tonight's main event so then on the uh that was the main card on the prelims. Um, the, the only one I really caught was the Muhammad Usman uh, fight. And, you know, three-round decision, not exactly what I was expecting. Um, Usman needs to learn that he does not defend punches with his face. face. Yes. He was getting eaten up with strikes. If he didn't wrestle and take him down, and the other, and Taffy could not get up. Once he got taken down, he didn't know what to do at all. His striking was top-notch, but once he got taken off his feet, he did not know what to do at all. He could not get back up. So, Muhammad won just because he could wrestle. Yeah, he had top control. Because there was a couple times when I thought he was close to being out. That if the, the, the ref gave him a little, little 
time. Because there's a couple of times I'm like, man, he's getting ready. That's they're getting ready to call. It. They're getting close. They're getting yeah. close. So those big shoulders he got, he just can't get his yeah. arms up. Yeah. He just, yeah, he does not know how to defend his face. Yeah, he's got to work on that. And with someone like Uz, with like your brother Kamar, and you know, you figure you would, they would work. They're going to work on that because it was pretty uh, yeah. obvious. Because his first fight was a quick knockout. Yeah. So now it's like now we know what your problems. Now we know what to deal with. Yeah. It, yeah, he's got he's got good data on what yeah. he needs to work on out yeah. coming out of this, and it was I don't want to say it was lucky, but he, he was able to capitalize on a bad. Situation. It was lucky because he there was it was pretty close to being I I think the ref was pretty close a couple times to stopping it mm-hmm. because he was getting beat up, and then he would get a takedown, and it he'd happens. spend the rest of the round on top and throwing just enough strikes, you know. Yep. he did some damage, but he wore the guy out. And then tonight we've got the fight night, Song Yudong versus Simone. Simone, and this is another. I mean, the fights could be good. I mean, certainly there's always a chance, but it's yeah. all it, it's all lower ranking stuff. But it's a fight night, right? Yeah. That's what fight nights are for. Yeah, a lot right? of times. Yeah, I mean, and we've been, and I'll be honest, we've been uh, spoiled. These last few fight nights have been pretty good contenders. Yes. And tonight is more of the. Newer, you know, some of the lower ranks trying to make maybe see if someone can break in. Yeah, you know, get some some newer stuff moving around. Well, and that's the only way you can figure yeah. it out, right? I mean, you could go the BCS yeah. method and put it in a yeah. computer and yeah. a spreadsheet and have it spit out some some stuff. But this is the way. Well, that, I'm a hardcore fan, so I might watch yeah. some of it. I'll probably definitely watch Song Ladong because this is this does have implications on the title. Uh, I think Song has it. I think he's his striking is real crisp. I think he's good. I think he'll I think he'll beat Simone. Yeah, I kind of want to see the Stephanie Egger fight just because. Oh uh, yeah, Stephanie Egger's been around. Yeah, I, I just want to see how she does. Um, the Armin Armis Arm, Armin Sarukin fight got canceled. I'm a little yeah. irritated about that one. Um, Juliana Rosa's fighting. Uh, Cody Brundage is fighting um, Adolfo yeah. Vieira. That could be good. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of, like, veterans on there. Yeah. It's like veterans fighting up-and-comers. It's, that's what it is. It's like some more of a gatekeepers it, versus some up-and-comers. Yeah, it's like it's like mid-range yeah. versus new entries, yeah. right? So it's, it's you know. To see if some of the new blood can get past their first big hurdle. Exactly. So Exactly. What the, yeah, this is what it seems like this one is. This is, you know. And then, yeah, Saddam, you know, I don't know. I think Sad- the main event will probably be pretty good. So yeah, we'll I think that one's got, uh, that one's got some, some, you know, uh, some possibilities. And then in a couple weeks, we got 288 yep. coming up. Um, which, Sterling Cejudo. Yeah, Sterling Cejudo. I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, right now, I'm leaning Sterling. Because Cejudo's been out a minute, yeah, and Sterling to me, he gets. I'm more and more impressed every fight. Yep. And then we've also got that welterweight co-main that we've been talking about, which is the Gilbert Burns Bilal Muhammad. Um. Yeah. Right now, I'm leaning. I'm. I'm. I'm all in on Bilal. I'm all in on on Bilal. I'm going. You know. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm all in on that. I. I if he beat, I. I think he's going to beat Bilal. I mean, I think Bilal's going to win. I think he's going. I'm hoping he wins pretty dynamically, so that there's no doubt on whether he should get a title shot or not. Yeah, agreed. 
Um, then we've got Jessica Andrade versus Yan Jiaoan. Uh, main event uh, in the on the main card. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because Andrade is one or the other. She's either a world beater or or just loses by decision. Yeah, doesn't start. Uh, the most Varela, Evilev versus uh, Thug, not Thug. Yeah, Thug Nasty, yeah. Uh, Bryce Mitchell. See if Bryce Mitchell's better than he was his last fight. Because his last fight, he showed up. He said he was yeah. sick, but he needed the money. So he showed up anyway. So hopefully, he seems to be healthy now. So we'll see. We got Cron Gracie versus Charles Jordan. Yeah, Cron's been out a while. So we'll yeah, see he's how been this out a bit. Go. And he's 5 and 1 versus yeah. 13 and 6. Yeah, I mean, this is still a, yeah. kind of a, a winnable fight for Cron. Agreed. Um, the lightweight fight between Charles Oliveira and Benil Dariush got canceled. Yeah, Oliveira's dealing with some injuries. Yeah. Um, undercar or pre or or prelim car, we got Drew Dober versus Matt uh, Frivola. That's interesting because Frivola took a beating against Gaethje. Yes. And Drew Dober is – this is – if Drew Dober wants to make a serious run, he's got to beat Frivola. Frivola. And the same thing for Frivola. If Frivola wants to get back in that title talk, he's got to beat Drew Dober. Yeah. Because if he loses two in a row, Frivola's going to fall way out of talk. Yeah, because Dober's 26 and 11, and yeah. Frivola's 10 and 3. Dober's been doing better lately, but if, if Dober loses this, then Dober's probably going to end up just, he's going to be regulated to the mid range probably from here on out. This is a big fight for Dober. But I think it's even bigger for Frivola because think about it. He was fighting Gaethje to get to kind of earn the next. But they thought he was going to steamroll Gaethje and then be in a title hunt, and instead it went the opposite way. Yep. Um, then on the early early undercard, um, we've got Phil Halls versus Ikram Aliskarov. And if you remember, Phil Halls was the guy who went who went against our buddy Phil yeah. up in Lexington. So we'll be seeing Phil. Yeah. You'll be seeing Phil Halls on the on the um, on the early undercard, yeah. so that could be interesting. Yeah. So UFC 288 is on May 5th. Yeah. Everybody needs to remember, or May 6th. I'm sorry, May 5th is um, one in the U.S. Yeah. and that is the Amazon card, Prime. Amazon Prime. That is the card where Elise Anderson yep. is going against Stamp Fairtex. Yep. And that's going to be interesting. You that's got, yeah. And I mean, that's also is. Demetrius Johnson defending his title. Again, yes. This is the trilogy fight. So, yep, so it'll be interesting to see what happens I'm, there. I'm, I'm starting to lean more and more with Anderson's grappling. I, I've seen a little bit of training tape, a little bit of fight tape, and I... I that's where if she wins, it's going to be with Oh, yeah, grappling. it'll be there. I totally But I she totally got that, agree. But she got that armbar victory, and she was almost unconscious. Mm -hmm. She had just... Muscle memory threw up an armbar in one. Yes. So you can't I, count her out. Yeah. Can't and ever Stan, count her out. Stan, and she knows Fairtex hits hard. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows. So Stan you know, she, you know. Hopefully that they train for this. Elise, Elise Anderson is. She's good. Quietly good. Yeah. She's she's and, really good. And tonight we got bare knuckle. Yes. We got our girl, my favorite. Probably one of my favorite fighters of all time, Rowdy, Rowdy Beck Rollins. She's fighting Kristen Fiera for the title. 
that's going to be so awesome. Especially because Beck just does not, she has zero fucks. Yep. Her t-shirt at press conference was just amazing. I mean, I'm going to have to buy one to wear in here for, for get, I was, see if I can get that on a rash guard. I was actually thinking the exact See if I can get that on a rash guard. Um, yeah, we're not going to say what it said, but I'll drop the link to the Instagram yeah. post in, in the uh, show notes. If we'll you get guys on a rash guard. Yeah, I'm going to get it on go, a rash guard. If you guys want to see the, the what Rowdy Beck Rollins had on her T-shirt at the, at the presser, um, you can check that out because it was hilarious. You got, you got Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold. I like that fight, but I like Mike Perry. I think Luke Rockhold, I don't think he quite understands what he's getting into to a point. Mike Perry's striking is really good. He's 2-0 and now in, in bare knuckle, and I think he's going to wear Rockhold out. So, Rock – and I sent Jerry – lo- I love their t- t- conversation. That back and forth. I, I, Rockhold always – like. I am not going to. I am not going to denigrate Rockhold's yeah. skills. Yeah. Right? He is a yeah. great. If this was MMA, fighter. if this was MMA, I'm. Ta- I'll, I'll probably take Rockhold. Uh, yeah, but I, I, what I will say about Rockhold is, there are times when he's doing a yeah. press conference or he's saying yeah. something, and I really look at that dude and think he's a little thick. Yeah. Right. Not that he's not dumb. It's you know. I'm just yeah. saying. It's like he's just. He's, it's like he's so serious. Sometimes I think shit yeah. flies over his head. And yeah, it's when, not that he's thick. He's just, he's oblivious. Yeah, and when Mike Perry says, I'm going to hit your fist with my head, and he and he's like, wait, you can't headbutt me. You, that's against the rules. And Perry's like, no, no, I'm going to hit your fist with my face. I'm going to head lead with my head so you hurt your hands. Yes, which, is a gonna, common, which is a common thing for bare knuckle boxers because the top of your head is the hardest, so they would lean with their head. They would actually basically throw their head forward so you hit it. Yeah, I was I was dying. Yeah. It was like Rockhold I'm just gonna was, kick you. I'm gonna kick you. So you're gonna kick me in my head just because I hit your fist with my with my head. Yeah, so you're it, gonna kick me. It just it totally went yeah. over Rockhold. It took him a minute to realize. And yeah, then what the he was saying, like, well, if you headbutt me, I'm gonna kick you. And the, and, the way and it was more more cordial because Perry, they were talking a little bit, and then Perry held the belt up so that uh, Rockhold could step beside him and so they could get a picture with the belt. And I don't think Rockhold, like, missed it at first. And then he realized, and then Perry was like, fine, if you don't want to stand over, I'm going to take my belt back. <laughs> and then uh, Rockhold grabbed him and put him in, like, a chokehold. I put him in rear naked, and then he let him go. And they are sitting there laughing at each other. So it was like, okay, so this might be – it's a little more relaxed, but – I like Rockhold, but I don't think this is his cup of tea. I don't think it's his cup of tea. He's a more, I mean, you said he's, I don't think he's thick. I think he's, I think he misses a lot of like innuendos and I think he misses some stuff because it's just, he's, he's so, just so serious. Yeah. Like, but I don't think he's so cerebral when it comes to fighting. I think bare knuckle boxing is going to be a different world. He's, yeah, he's, okay, I just called the dude thick, but now I'm going to say he's too, he's, he's too, too smart, smart yeah. for bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. I think I think it's going to overwhelm him. Now, and then you, Chad Mendez and uh, Al, Eddie Alvarez are fighting too. Yes, I'm taking Chad Mendez because I think Mendez he can take a punch. He's so athletic, and I think Alvarez is starting to get to that point to where he's punch drunk. He's been taking a lot of knockouts lately, and that's something you can say Mendez not as much. He took damage, but not as much. 
And Alvarez has taken a couple of knockouts late, lately. And I think I think Mendez is going to knock him out. Now, I, I mean, I could be wrong. We're just we're, – I'm thinking yeah, we're, from my gut. I'm not yeah. a professional. I'm wrong as much as I'm right. You know, if we added up some of this stuff, I'm right on some on some big things, and I'm wrong on some other things. I'm just basing on the fact that this is straight boxing without gloves and Alvarez's past performances. And I'm basing on the fact that I see what Mendez does in training. Any of y'all who know Cameron Haynes is, Mendez does that same crazy stuff. They did the lift run shoot, lift run shoot, where they went yeah. in. He lifted weights with Cameron Haynes. They ran a marathon, then they shot the bow. Then they do the podcast. So, and Mendez kept up with him. I mean, Mendez trains constantly. His cardio is for real, and I think that's going to help. I think also. The difference between Perry and Rockhold is the height. I think Perry's going to be able to get inside and work Rockhold. Because Rockhold's a lot taller. Yes. He's probably four or five inches taller. So I think Perry's going to be able to get inside and work. And Perry's known for dirty boxing anyway. That was one of the things he did pretty well in the UFC was that get inside, clinch, throw them shots. And I think that's something. I think, and that kind of goes over because you've seen some you know the people some guys are better are doing pretty good in bare knuckle yeah and people think oh my god it's brutal it's actually less brutal than real boxing because you can't throw but so hard yeah because you'll do more damage to your hand and the people who bleed are had scar tissue built up a lot of these people that bleed a lot these guys have been fighting for a long time they already have scar tissue well it nate diaz is yeah. out right yeah. i mean it's like there's certain things that fight jake paul if and will probably cut Nate Diaz if the fight goes more than two rounds. Yeah. Not because Jake Paul's better. It's because he's taking so much Nate, damage to that eye, that it's going to bleed. Huge scar yeah. over his right eye. And it's, and it's just going to pop. It's cool. Yep. Sooner or later, that it's going to open up. Because the skin is thin there, and then you've got that you know calcium buildup. It's going to split open. Yeah. It just happens. I mean, old wrestlers, they, they would start tearing. And, I mean, that they would start bleeding. Because it just happens over yeah. and over and over again. There's guys' noses who, as soon as they get that first touch, start bleeding. Yeah, they start bleeding. Because it's been damaged so much. Yeah, they got all that cal. Yeah. Like you said, all that calcium, all that scar tissue. You know, the, the skin doesn't always come back as thick yep. as it does before. So you got the, the capillaries closer to the surface. Yep. It's just the way it is. And yeah, I, I, I like your prediction of Paul versus Nate. And yeah, I think Nate's, if he, if, Paul can connect. I think Nate's going to bleed, and I think everybody's not going to understand why he's bleeding. Yeah, yeah. If you're a casual fighter, you're not going to understand. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's 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 how it works. Yeah. And then the other fight that we had, or the other show that we had um, this last week, was BJJ All Stars Ten. Probably one of the biggest um, shows that you know in the grappling world that's we've had recently. Everybody's talking about it for one particular reason. Um, and that reason is, unfortunately, Mika Galvo got his knee yep. uh, really injured by um, Keenan Dwarch. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of discussion going on about what happened in that match. And basically, basically, and there's some great breakdowns on 
on the internet that I watched on it, but basically Keenan was in the the side the the side ashy position, which I think he calls the Senkaku. Um, some some folks call it a leg saddle, and he was attacking the far leg, which you're not allowed to do in IBJJF rules. The issue is you can do you can do leg locks in the gi, and under IBJJF rules, you just can't reap. Yeah. And because he was in the side ashi position attacking the far leg, his legs were across the knee line. Mika locked his knee out, locked his knee straight, and when Dwarch came under and got the heel and rolled, um, all of his weight was coming down yeah. on the side of, of Mika's knee and blew out Mika's knee. You could hear it on the cameras, uh, which is terribly, which is awful. And the, the worst thing, the, the even, I don't know why the, I think this is even worse. It's even worse that Keenan got disqualified. Yeah. So Mika's injured, Keenan's disqualified. Mika goes on to fight his next yeah. match with was probably a ruptured, a fully ruptured yeah. ACL. And, un, you know, unfortunately, Keen, or Mika lost on points. Yeah. Which, just to go fight yeah. after you know, having a pretty serious knee injury is not a small thing. But we talked about this yeah. last week with Mika or two weeks ago with Mika popping positive yeah. for um, uh, yeah, cause he not clenbuterol but um, yeah. and he just come you know, he's suspended from clone, certain things he for, yeah he took a year suspension yeah from IBJJF yeah. so he had a fight in something different and also the, the people don't understand especially young people if any of you young guys are listening to this that sort of stuff does make your joints weaker yep if you go in long cycles, it can make your joints weaker. Yep. So the rest of the show, it was a great show. Um, and the reason it was great, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit in Jiu-Jitsu Corner, the reason it was great is because, yeah, it was gi. Yeah. It was not. It was all gi, but everybody was going for the finish. Yep. Right? They were all being aggressive, maybe a little too aggressive. Um, in Keenan's uh, in, in uh, situation, but... Everybody was going for the finish. There was no, oh, I'm going to set in 50-50, oh, I'm going to stall, yeah. right? They came into it with a very competitive, like, combat grappling standpoint, you know, mindset, rather than a very kind of old-school gi uh, jiu-jitsu uh, concept. And yeah. there, was a, there was a lot of people trash-talking the show as well as a lot of uh, or the event i guess i'll say there a lot of guys are trash talking the event and they are trash talking mika and and uh and keenan basically saying hey the gi's dead nobody cares about the gi and it's like that's not true if you have guys who are going out there trying to finish the problem with gi a lot of the problems with gi jiu-jitsu is it's a slower game than typically slower game than no gi, so it's less exciting and there's more chances for stalling. But you didn't see that in this show because everybody was going for the finish, and that's what made it awesome. Uh, BJJ All Stars did, and it was it was contested under IBJJF rules, which you know, love them or not, that's kind of an industry standard. Um, but it was a great show just because it was exciting and and all the competitors were going for the finish. Um, it yeah. is, you know, it's it's horrible that Mika yeah. got injured. That always sucks. And then it, it sucks when someone gets kicked wanna... out. Yeah, 
that, you know, over something that's a little, you know, different. Well, and you know the thing the thing with um, Keenan is right. The position he was using the the side ashi yeah. is not illegal. You just yeah. can't do a heel hook from there because yeah. it's reaping. It's fine to use that position under IBJJF rules to come up the back or come up, you know, take the back or, you know, do a sweep from that position. It's fine. But he attacked that yes. that far side leg, and that's what caused the disqualification. Yeah. And you know, Keenan came out afterwards and said, hey, he said, I didn't mean to do it. You know, I wasn't trying to hurt him. Yeah, he it, apologized. He apologized, but he also said, I think the rule is I think the rule's dumb and, you know, and you can argue that all you want, but it's in the rule set. And you are a world-class grappler. You should know better. You should know better. If he wants to come out and say, hey, you know what, in the heat of the moment, I totally forgot the rule set. I went for the thing and it it didn't turn out well. You know, and unfortunately, I, I hurt Mika. You know, I can get behind that. I can be like, okay, dude, I understand that. But to say... Well, you know the rules are dumb, and you know the rules. It shouldn't be like that. You're you you're a world class competitor. You should know the rule set. But yeah. So you got anything else on the fights? No, nah, that's it, man. All right, man. We will be right back after this break, and we will have BJJ Corner. And we're back. All right, BJJ Corner for this week. So. There was an interesting discussion on BJJ Twitter this week. Um, Old Man Jiu-Jitsu uh, posed a very interesting question, and I want to get Jerry's opinion on it. So his statement was— Because I'm old? Because, well, we're both old, so this is going to fit for both of us. Um, the comment was um, he was talking about the differences between professional or semi-professional or competition-based jiu-jitsu practitioners and hobbyists yeah. and we fall very squarely in the realm of hobbyist yeah. right but but his his comment was that pro, you know, professional semi-professional competition based guys progress progress so much faster than hobbyists should there be different criteria for promotions between hobbyists and competitors no because the belt's the belt. That and the that is... And, the, and the, the reason is, and the, this is the way I see it. Some of these younger guys are going to outpace us, and they're probably going to one day pass us. Why? Because they have more time. I have a job. I have a family. I have commitments. I'm not in here to fight in MMA. I'm not in here to do other things. I'm in here to have fun and to learn. Will I compete in a tournament? More than likely at least once. That's probably coming. Am I going? Am, am I in here training to be a fighter? Nope. I'm in here learning self defense. I'm learning it because it's fun, and I'm a hobbyist. But I don't think I should get the same equal belt as somebody else who's working five, six, seven days a week, twice, two a days. Yeah. They should earn earn, earn theirs faster. They should bypass me. They're going to learn quicker. That's life. It's no different than you have two hobbyists come in so they're going to have because then you start getting into well i can only make it one day a week so should i get a blue belt that's different than the blue belt this guy guy who comes three days a week even though we're still hobbyists you get you get into the weird it it comes down to when you you water it down 
when well, so yes, absolutely. So one, I totally agree with you because it comes down to time on the mat. Yeah. Right. Like you said, the guy who's the competitor who's coming in here, you know, th- you know four or five days a week, maybe doing two mm-hmm. a days. Maybe this is all they do. Yeah. Right. For people who are trying to be professionals. And the competition itself, yeah. it gets them more time yep. on the mat, and it gets them more reps, and it gets them different looks, yep. right? As hobbyists, we get the looks from our team, yeah. right? Jerry and I, we get, you know, unless one of us is trying some different stuff, I know what Jerry's going to do. Jerry knows what I'm going to do, unless unless we decide we want to start working on something else. Yeah, Competitors... You go to a tournament, man, you get a lot more experience, you get a lot more looks, and you're getting more reps in. And it's the same thing for doing training five days a week, doing two a days, blah, blah, blah. The hobbyist is going to get there slower. I think the criteria should be the same, and it should be evaluated on a different basis, on an individual basis. Yep. And part of the problem where this comes up where people get butt hurt, other team members get butt hurt, is because they're comparing their journey to somebody else. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You don't compare that's yourself to anybody else. And yeah, sometimes that's hard to learn. It's like your ego. I mean, there's two young guys in here that they're in in ten years. They're going to be a farther along probably than I will. Am I upset about it? Nope. Because they're one. They started younger. And they're going to be able to do probably better than me. And one of them, Jacob's been on the on the podcast. You know, he's popped in yeah. and popped out a couple of times. Jacob was a high school wrestler. And he's got more mat time yeah. through that than all, Jerry and I have had doing. Uh, eh. I've had a lot of mat time, but well, he's yeah, got he's a lot more wrestled than, too. I'm sorry. than a lot of other people. Yeah, I but, mean, from your average, from some other brand new people that walk in here. The kid who wrestled, the kid who competed, has a whole lot more knowledge than someone else who's never done anything. Yeah, he's got more experience. And you, you can always tell the difference because you can tell. I mean, like today, at, you know, to explain to someone what floral means. Well, that's... And, and again, lucky I haven't, I, I'm not the same guy I was <laughs> a few years ago. We maybe started him a little too soon. Well, no, he knows how to floral because that's how we start practice is... Our coach a lot of times says, hey, grab a partner and flow roll. We'll do positional flow rolling, especially if we're working on, you know, what we're working on that month. Hey, back, someone takes your back, and then y'all start from there and just flow roll. And flow roll is you move, they move. You move, they move. New people sometimes forget that they're supposed to move and stop, move and stop. It's, yeah. I'm going to go 1,000%. I'm huffing and puffing, and, you know, it's the- like. The give and take of flow rolling. You gotta explain. You gotta break it down. Thing to figure out. So I had to have that breakdown. I was like, so that's this was your freebie. <laughs> Next time we go, I match your your level. Well, I wasn't going that hard, dude. You can't breathe. I, I'm twice your age. I can have a conversation. You can't. So yeah, you're going full tilt, and I wasn't. So I think this discussion about hobbyists yeah. and professionals. This is where I think the gi comes in. Yeah. I really think this is where the gi comes in. People say, nobody cares about the gi. Why do you still train in the gi? Blah, blah, blah. For hobbyists and older dudes, as much as I love rolling no gi, gi is more conducive to a hobbyist yeah. or an older dude because you can slow the game down. Yep. There's 
there's a more there's more opportunities for grips and control and control. Whereas modern submission grappling, whatever you yeah. want to call it, is a very athletic, fast sport. Rolling nogi, especially with someone who's faster than you, is difficult. It's very different. Yes. So. And my nogi, I'm I'm glad we do more nogi now because I'm getting better at it. But it is my nogi is not as good as it should be. So, you know, and I'm trying to get better at that. And I'm glad we do a whole lot more nogi in our school now. Yeah, I think you know I think for the hobbyist, unless they're younger, and and yeah. unless they're younger, hobbyists, I think the gi is a great thing yeah. for hobbyists. And and some no gi, yeah, sure, right, because it's fun. But I wonder, I wonder what the experience would be, and I don't think it would be a good experience. But I wonder what the experience would be for somebody like me, who at forty couple decided he wants to take up jujitsu, and you walk into a school that does submission grappling, yeah, right. And I don't even need to necessarily need to say like competition based grappling uh submission grappling but just like if it's just nogi yeah. right i wonder what that experience would be. i don't think it would be as positive as if you walked in at my age as a hobbyist yeah. who wants to do it two or three times a week and yeah have a love for have a love for the sport i don't think it would be as positive as an experience for a hobbyist to walk in and just walk into that faster more physical yeah. game if you get to that point, you know, after doing gi for a while, great. But I think that's where gi comes in. Um, you know, people can say, ah, the gi doesn't matter anymore. You know, nobody get, nobody cares about the gi. We shouldn't be training in the gi anymore. It's not realistic. I don't think that's true. I think if we cut the gi out of jujitsu, I, I think it's going to raise the barrier to entry to a point where it's not accessible to everybody the way it should be. But that's my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I don't... The bad thing, for, the way I see it, is it's like we were trying to reward people for doing less. Because you're like, oh, well, he, he, he got his belt faster. Because we could talk about that by, from someone that we know, knew. Who, who, yeah, that was the whole thing. Well, they're getting theirs before me. They're also here training nonstop. I mean, I got my blue belt faster than people who were here longer than me. Why? Because I was putting in the work. We were doing three days a week, and then we were doing our own on Thing Sundays. on Sundays, yeah. And I was showing up. I was staying late. I was putting the work in, and I earned my blue belt quicker than a couple people. No, I didn't earn as quick as some people have because I still had a job, but I still earned it. And I earned it quicker than people who started a little bit before me. And, it, you know, people got – but it was like the progression. You don't get your – especially in our gym, you don't get your belt just because you've been here. You got to earn it, and you got to be able to do the thing. When we're doing a blue belt, even after I got my blue belt, one particular individual was like, "Well, I don't know why I haven't got mine yet." So we st we were working with somebody, one of our teammates who was prepping for theirs, and this individual was like, "Well, I should be getting ready." Well, what's this? I don't know. Can you show me this? No. Can you show me that? No. Can you show me that? No. Well, that's on the blue belt test. If you can't yeah. show me these, you're not taking the blue belt test. Yeah, we ran through we ran through the blue belt test and you ookied yeah. for the tester yeah. and I yeah. ookied for yeah. that individual. And we had another blue belt who was writing stuff down like what you needed to work on. And 
I mean, th that particular individual who, you know, was kvetching on whether, you know, why hadn't he got his blue belt test, couldn't do two-thirds of the test. Yeah. That's why. That's, yeah. Yeah. You, we don't, we don't, you just, because you're hanging out here, don't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then that comes back to the discussion about, you know, are you promoted, you know, through a testing regime or are you tested based on your instructor's, um, on your instructor's appraisal of your yeah. skill, right? If it's a, and I see the, I see the benefit in both ways because if you've got a good instructor, right, he has a good, yeah. you know, assertion of your skill level. But if it's a test-based program, there's really no arguing yeah. with whether or not you're ready for the belt, right? Yeah. Because in, in our test, you know, it can be different in other places, but in our test, there's positional stuff and then there's live rolling. So it's not like you can make it all the way through a black belt and never have rolled with somebody. Yeah. You've got to be able, in order to get your blue belt, you need to roll like a blue belt to yeah. get your blue belt. And it's the same thing with purple belt and brown belt. So you can't just go through all your positions and, you know, know 19,000 sweeps and get your whatever belt. You still have to roll like the belt you're going for. Yeah. But the, the benefit, I still think the benefit of a, a testing-based curriculum is it's black or white. It's, it's it very cut and dry about whether or not you're ready for that next belt. Because it's not, oh, you know, coach, you know, gave you whatever their blue belt because they liked them better, right? It's, it's, it's like yeah. I said, it's, it's A or B. It's you either know the, know the uh, material or you don't. So, but yeah, I agree that, um, I agree that there shouldn't be uh, different criteria if you're a hobbyist or you're a competitor. Competitors going to get there faster. They're getting more reps. They're getting more mat time. It's that. That's just is that, that's just what it's all about. Yep. You know, and I think if we do that, I think if we in, I think if we install a different criteria for competitors versus um, competitors versus hobbyists, I think that's the first step in really watering down the art to where it becomes a McDojo kind of thing. Yeah. Because we have to, and, and we have to have high standards. Yeah. Um, Jiu-Jitsu, I think, is different from other arts, other martial arts, in that we apply our techniques in a live basis yeah. to our partners. And you do that, I would say, you know, once you get on the mat and you learn a thing or two, right? Maybe it's a month, maybe it's two months, right? Depending somewhere in there, right? You kind of start to get to live roll a little bit. If we don't keep our standards high, yeah. that's going to either hurt more people or it's going to go away. Yeah. Right. And there are other martial arts that, you know, all you do is forms yep. for the first two or three belts, right? And then maybe you'll start sparring, right? We spar, yeah, you know, whatever, month one, two, three, yeah. wherever it, it's, you know, we're applying our techniques against, against a partner a lot sooner than other arts. And if we lower the standards... That's either going to go away, yeah, or it's be going to become dangerous. Yeah, because people are just going to do whatever. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have people who just 
grab and jerk and twist, and people are going to get a lot more injuries. Yeah. So I, I think the standards need to stay high. I don't think there should be a, a, a dividing line between hobbyist and um, and competitor. And everybody needs to focus on their own journey yeah. and stop comparing themselves to other people. Yeah. That's the thing. It's This is your journey, not someone else's. You're not going to learn this fast as someone else. You're not going to do you, – you might be better at this than they – one position than they are, they might be better at another than you. It's a lot of times it comes down when people start complaining about they're not getting promoted because they're not showing up. Yeah, put in the time. Or they they don't stay for rolling afterwards. They they'll get one roll and they're gone. Yeah. You want to get better, you got to put the time in. You get out of this what you, you put, put in. in. Yeah. We don't have a time. I mean, the most jujitsu places like it's not do you know show up for thirty classes and you get your blue belt right. Yeah. You you get out of this what you put in. We do have minimums. Like you got to be, you got to yeah. be showing up at least this many times to even be considered for a stripe. And then it goes from there, because yeah. it's like if you're, if even if you're really, really good, it, like if you're like at home and you're watching YouTube and you're figuring some stuff out and you're naturally gifted, they still don't care, man. You're not putting in the effort. You know, you're not showing up. Yep. Well, yeah, and the, I mean, the other misconception is I can tap this guy out. That yeah. means I deserve this belt. Yeah. Or I can I can tap that person I, out. I deserve this I belt. I see that a lot in that more now with certain white belts. They'll go so hard trying to tap the blue belt. It, yeah. It's like, do come down. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I got submitted today. I tapped and I was proud because I got caught. And, I, and it was funny because the position I got caught in is a position I talked to this individual about because I was countering what he did something every time he tried. I countered it, and he ended up getting choked or he ended up in a bad position. So I was like, hey, man, when, when we get here, don't go for that. Transition to this immediately. You'll, you'll get him more submissions. And he did it. And I was like, dude, that was legit awesome. Yeah. You know, submitted, got a, got a real tap, and moved on. And yep. I was proud of him. I was super happy for him. He got hugs and high fives yeah. and way to goes. And, yeah. you know, that's that's yep. what we do. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't care about tapping. Tapping no. don't mean nothing to me. It, Not no. anymore. Ooh, yeah, good job. But I think a lot, I think there's a lot of people who think that if they if they can submit a, especially as a white belt trying to submit a blue belt, they're thinking if they can keep submitting blue belts, they'll get their blue belt faster. It's like it depends on what the context is. Especially there's nights I'm being, I'm told, hey, I want you to work on this tonight. Okay, by my coach. So that's what I'm going to work on the whole round. Yep. And you might submit me five times because I'm only working on my knee shield. I'm working on a certain sweep. I'm working on mm -hmm. half guard. I'm working on this. So, yeah, I might get submitted because I'm working on something. Yep. When you I mean, start working on – when you start focusing on a technique rather yeah. than winning – you're gonna lose more, yeah. but your technique's gonna get better. Yeah. And that's that because eventually, and, and Coach Brian has told this story multiple times, if all you do is concentrate on winning, the person who's concentrating on learning yep. jujitsu is going to beat you yep. and beat you repeatedly after a period They're of time. They're gonna grow faster. Yes, they will grow faster. So all right, Jerry, good jujitsu corner. Yeah. You got any closing thoughts for us? Nah, just as always, 
show, you know, show common decency and respect, like we saw with the Nate Diaz thing, man. Don't don't go out here trying to start trouble. Uh, always try to avoid it. Try to walk away. Uh, don't let your ego get in the way. And younger guys, don't try to prove something by going up and starting a fight with somebody because you never know what that person knows. And you also don't know if he might just shoot he you. He might just shoot you. He might shoot you, stab you, shank you, bite you, whatever. And what's the worst thing? You punch someone, they fall, hit their head, and die, then and you're going you're to prison. Yep. So that, hey, look, girl, you know, trying to show off for a girl and look how tough you are, and now you're in prison. Yep. And, and that's not very impressive. And she's moving on. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for hanging out with us on episode 11. Uh, we will see you next week. Again, please uh, switch over to Spotify and take a listen there so we can get our monetization back. But until next week, he's Jerry Armitrout. Later. I'm Scott Barker. We're out. The music for tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Mayeth from their album Wailingville.